Grab your favorite caffeinated beverage and get cozy because you are listening to Mindful as a Mother with Paige Bruce and Lindsay Adams. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic relationship. And the information given in this podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the advice of a professional. If you've heard me say it once, I'm going to say it again. Lindsay and I have the absolute pleasure of running a Facebook group that's private, and it's called Embracing Mindful Motherhood and Positive Parenting. You can find us on Facebook. You got to answer the questions to get in the group. Um, But the purpose of this group is to give value to mamas on this journey to help you understand that parenting is hard. It's not perfect, right? Like this is the real world. Parenting is not perfect. And to connect us and create a community to feel supported. And once a month, Lindsay and I like to plan and present free classes and workshops on hot topics in the group. For February, we're doing a big talk on self-care and parental burnout and the mindset of mom guilt and what's that, what that looks like. So this week's episode of the pod is last year's version of the mindset of mom guilt. So not only is it full of nuggets of gold, but it's a preview in a half of what we will be covering this week, this Friday, February 25th at 10 a.m. live in our Facebook group. You have to be a member to be able to watch and get access to the recording. But I didn't want to leave you guys hanging here on the pod. And so here's a little sneak peek into some of the things that we'll be covering this week in our class on the mindset of mom guilt. And if you'd like more, find us on Facebook. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the masterclass, The Mindset of Mom Guilt, How to Identify Overwhelm in Our Mindset Without Shutting on Ourselves. Um, Just to get things started, I know Lindsay's here um, in the chat box, or if you're watching the recording, shoot me a DM and tell me what your favorite breakfast food is. Oh. Take a second. Um, We do a little bit of an interactive course. So I like to make sure that the chat box and everything else is working. And of course, right when I log in, my low battery went on. So give me a second. Over easy eggs. I am definitely a brunch person, so give me all the food, especially bacon or sausage. Okay, so so my name is Paige, like I said just a couple minutes ago. Um, I am a therapist by trade and a parent educator by passion. So in my regular nine to five, Monday through Friday, I work with kids and adolescents um, in a therapy setting. I specialize in trauma and working with anxiety and depression among youth. And in my passion, so nap times, bedtimes, and weekends, I am, oh, 
Hold on. Oh, my system just broke. Well, there's no light. Glad Zoom for you. Okay, so in my napkins for teens and weekends, I'm a parent educator. And what that means is that I help overwhelmed, struggling parents identify their strengths and struggles in parenting, including um, like mindset and um, specific behavioral struggles. And then I work with those parents one-on-one -on -one to help adjust their mindset to overcome some of those struggles. And we provide tools, strategies, and parenting techniques so they can start um, to see some results right away. So something that I tell all of my clients, hold on one second, let me see if I can fix this light. This is it. Being a mompreneur is messy, right? Okay, so um, something that I tell all the parents that I work with is I've never met a bad parent. And by that, I mean that every parent that I have ever worked with, whether therapeutically or in a parent education setting, loves their child unconditionally and wants the best. And there's typically just some roadblocks in communication and maybe support that I can help fill in to improve that parent-child relationship. So you're really getting the most out of your relationship with your kid and, and becoming the parent that you really wanna be. So the purpose of today's masterclass is to understand how our perceptions of what we do can cause something called burnout or fatigue, um, specifically parental fatigue. So in the therapy world, burnout and fatigue is a very common term um, and it's, you know, just something that happens over time. And that also, I liken that to parenting. And so with parenting, um, the perceptions of what we do or what we feel like we can't accomplish or the impact that we aren't having can lead to parental fatigue. And actually this week has been uh, comically ironic that this is the topic I have been prepping to speak on because I've been prepping for months. <laughs> And then this week I've been extremely tired and I so I've been exhausted. I've had a ton of anxiety and I've been overwhelmed more in this one week than I have in the entire two months I've been prepping to talk. And honestly, this class couldn't have come at a better time because I learn as much or more from the parents I have the opportunity to work with or talk to in these master classes as you guys do for me. And so it works both ways. I have to tell you last night, again, this whole week has been so comically ironic. My two-year-old wanted to co-sleep. Um, her name is Rory and she hasn't wanted to co-sleep in probably 18 months. She normally goes to bed in her own room and in her own bed. And I try really hard to do my work around the kiddos. So three days a week I have childcare and the other days I'm trading off childcare with my partner while also furiously working during nap times and bedtimes. So picture this, last night, I'm laying Rory down for bed and she says, mom, I want you to sleep with me. Uh, I don't know what to say. I don't wanna say no, right? But I definitely am not prepped for this. <laughs> My mind automatically starts rolling down the list of, of really long things that I need to do, like, I'm watching the credits at the end of a movie. And I usually do all the things after the kids go to bed. And before I inevitably fall asleep on the couch. 
that's just part of my process. <laughs> so I climb into bed and I lay with her and I try to hide my mounting anxiety and my hesitation because I'm like, I got the laundry in, I gotta make lunch for tomorrow. I'm supposed to finalize this masterclass. And while I was laying there, I drew a very important conclusion. And it's that no one, and I mean no one, can hold eye contact longer than a toddler trying to stay awake. She sat there, her wheel were laying there and she stared at me in the eyes and she put her sweet little hand on my cheek and she said, it's okay, mama. And I really wanted it to be okay. I didn't wanna miss out on this moment with her because it's rare. And that's it. Um, that's when I started to feel the mom guilt creeping in. Why can't I just enjoy this moment with her? I should be able to lay here and just be with her. I should be able to let everything go um, and go to bed right now. I was tired. I'm still tired. I'm always tired, right? I'm exhausted this week. Um, I was overwhelmed. I am overwhelmed. And I constantly have a to-do list or um, shoulds buzzing around in my head. And in that moment, laying down with Rory, it was the perception of what I should be doing that caused me to feel like I wasn't enough and being there for my kiddo wasn't enough. The mom I was wasn't enough. Hey. So I know I'm not the only parent that feels this way and I'm not the only parent that shits on myself. And the reason I chose this specific topic is because I hear it from every parent I speak with. So first I wanna talk about parental satisfaction and what that is. So parental satisfaction is the pleasure you feel from feeling like you're a good parent. Um, some contributing factors for that are feeling like you have a positive relationship with your children, your partner, or your family members, um, you feel like you positively contribute to your family and home, and that you make a positive contribution um, inside or outside of your home. So whether that's you working or you have a purpose outside of your role as being a parent. The higher your parental satisfaction, the more resilient you are in times of stress, and difficulties, so like managing difficult behaviors or circumstances happening within the home. So I know that so many of you are like me when I'm just so busy maintaining daily life as it is that one extra thing happens and it's too much for me and I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. I gotta eat the tacos and I gotta go to bed. That's my coping zone, coffee and tacos. So, um, for example, right, I'm working, I'm working um, therapist land, I'm working parent education land, I'm balancing house management, I'm doing my best to keep the house clean, I'm doing my best to make sure that I'm doing the grocery shopping and the couponing for the grocery shopping because we got a budget and uh, our toilet breaks like the bathroom <laughs> and then the sink underneath our guest bathroom breaks and then the toilet in our main bathroom breaks all at the same time and I just I couldn't deal. I was like, I am already so tired with everything that's going on. I can't do this. So what I was feeling is parental fatigue. And parental fatigue 
specifically. So there's a lot of different types of fatigue and burnout and parental fatigue specifically is the perception that the demand to meet the needs of our kids and family is greater than the resources we have to meet. So that means that what our kids family household needs from us is more than we have the time, energy, or even we feel like the skill or ability to meet that. So some signs of parental fatigue is feeling that your efforts don't make a difference. You're overwhelmed with a really high demand. Um, so raise your hand. You can use a little chat feature. You can send me an email if you're checking out the recording, but raise your hand if you feel like you have a lot of different roles. Not only are you mom, not only are you house manager, but maybe you also have a job. Maybe you also are the grocery shopper. Yes, hand so high. So when we start to feel like what we are doing and that capacity does not make a difference, we are starting to feel parental fatigue. Where we are having a difficult time balancing our multiple roles or even prioritizing what our multiple roles are. And this one I think is the, it's one of the most difficult perceptions, but also one of the easiest things to identify first is that you start to question if you're a good mother or if you're even enough. Like, yeah, I love my kids, but is at the end of the day, is that enough? Did I do enough? Am I enough? So being busy can lead us to believe that the good things we're doing are not positively affecting our kids and that the perceived mistakes that we make as parents are too much to balance out the good we offer. So basically we're living on this perpetual scale. Um, one side is positive, one side is negative. And we, we believe that the negative of whatever we do and whatever happens far outweighs the positive. So then you're starting to develop the belief that what you're doing isn't enough. You start to experience mom guilt and you start to be experienced the mindset of I should. You start shooting on yourself. I should be doing. You're having expectations of yourself um, on what you believe you should be doing to balance out this positive negative scale to give yourself worth in what you're doing in, in your parenting role. Um, and so that's when we start shitting on ourselves. That's when we start having these unrealistic expectations. And that's also when we start feeling the parental guilt. So parental fatigue leads to mom guilt and the all or nothing mindset. So another thing that I think we experience a lot of guilt around is losing our cool with our kids. So when we yell, right? So we have our scale. We do all these good things all day. We make them a really good breakfast. We, um, you know, they're clean and dressed. We even make time to play with them. Maybe we watch a movie with them. Maybe we um, play Legos. Maybe we have got them ready and off to school, right? So there's all this positive stuff on our scale. But some reason during the day we're feeling stressed, we're feeling tired, we're not as resilient, and we yell. So this one thing in our mind is now boop, outweighing, you can't even see my hands, but outweighing all the positive. So now it's like we've done all this positive stuff, but we don't believe that it is enough um, to make an impact 
because we've yelled now and that has made such a negative impact on our kids that we could never do anything that would make up for that. And so that's a, a type of mom guilt or shitting. Like I shouldn't have yelled. I should have kept my cool um, that I hear about often. And I even do it myself. Like, wow, I really should have had more patience. Um, but we're all human. And so we're going to talk more about perception soon. And so parental fatigue leads to mom guilt, the all or nothing mindset. And one very important thing that I want to emphasize is that parental fatigue happens gradually. How many of you, again, you can use the chat box, use the emojis. Um, how many of you have heard the story about boiling frogs? So what happens if you put a frog in a pot of boiling water? They jump out, right? <clears throat> and so when you're boiling a frog, you put it in a pot of cold water and then turn on the heat and let it slowly boil. By the time the frog realizes it's in a, a pot of boiling water, it's too late and it can't escape. So that's, that's how the mindset of mom guilt gradually onsets, where it's the little things we tell ourselves, it's the positive things that we contribute that we ignore the worth of that slowly, slowly builds until we are in the trap of mom guilt and the mindset that we have a really hard time believing that we contribute positively or have worth in our family and the things that we, we add. We don't add value to our children. So what's the point? So I have a poll <laughs> um, and it's also the poll that I shared on Instagram yesterday. So I'm gonna go over results in both sections because I think a really important passion of mine is creating a sense of community because we are so separated, especially in pandemic life. <laughs> it's very hard to connect. And I think parenting is one of the things that we feel more vulnerable about. And because of that, it's harder to share our struggles and find community and people that relate, even though, you know, we're told all the time that everyone goes through it. So I have a poem and it's anonymous. Um, I'm going to launch it. So do me a favor and select all of the things that you feel like apply to you. These are all signs of parental fatigue. Beautiful, okay. So I'm going to um, end that poll. And the signs of parental fatigue, if you aren't able to see in the recording, I haven't used polls before in the recording, so it might be kind of choppy, but it's, I feel exhausted. I feel like I have mental chaos. I feel overwhelmed or unprepared. I feel like I'm juggling too much all the time. I feel guilty for not being a better parent with the things that I do. Um, sometimes I wonder if I'm a good mom or I don't believe I'm a good mom. And I'm reactive when I'm parenting. Remember, when you have higher parental satisfaction or a different perception of your ability to meet the needs or even the needs of your home and family, you have more resiliency um, and less reactivity. So I love this poem. So I'm going to 
to also screen share my phone, which is kind of a unique feature to Zoom. And we will go over the poll results from my um, poll yesterday, since Instagram is a little bit of a larger community. And I know that not everyone has been able to um, log on live for the recording. So just give me one second and I'll get that ready. Here we are. Okay. So we're going to go over to my Instagram. And we're going to go to my stories and scroll over. Okay. So how are you feeling? Exhausted or full of energy? 89% of people that answered this poll say, I'm feeling exhausted. Calm, cool, and collected or mental chaos? A hundred percent of people that answered this poll wonder sometimes if they're a good mom. The fact that you wonder that makes you a good mom. Some people want to be taken care of, right? We're burnt out on caring for others. And some people still have life in them to care for other people. That lets me know that some people are doing some self-care. So you're finding yourself overwhelmed or are you finding it easy to focus? And then when you're parenting, do you feel reactive or mindful? So um, that is the poll. And I wanted to share that because I wanted you guys to know that there's a whole community of us that feel the same kind of signs of parental burnout. Okay, so I'm about to move into tools. Do you have any questions so far? Anything that I can answer? I'm good to go. So I'm going to transition into tools now. Um, and I'm going to touch on three different topics within tools um, and spend more, more time on our perception. So the first tool that I'm going to talk about is micro and macro self-care. I'm going to put that in the chat box. Micro and macro. Self-care is kind of a buzzword right now, and it gets to the point where I even hate hearing people talk about self-care, self-care, self-care. Um, unfortunately, it's a necessary evil to talk about, and it's actually a wonderful thing. So the reason I bring up micro and macro self-care is because there's the idea that self-care has to be something big and indulgent and um, using a lot of resources, and that's not the case. And and usually the macro self-care isn't necessarily what sustains us and helps build our resiliency. So micro self-care is daily practices um, that you use to recharge and nurture yourselves. So they help improve your mood. They help you de-stress. They release the emotional load of your day and family. Um, so I have a couple examples, but I wanna ask you guys, what is something maybe that you use as a micro self-care activity currently? Or maybe you don't, and if you don't, you can put that as well. 
So a couple examples of micro self-care. Um, one big one for me is this Bath and Body Works foaming hand soap. I go to the yearly sale or whenever they have the sale, it's like $3 for a hand soap. It's the peach Bellini scent. And I don't know why, but for some reason, smelling that makes me feel so good. It's just like a release. So I, I try to stay super hydrated. <laughs> um, and every time I use the bathroom, I wash my hands so that I would use the peach Bellini and I just, and it kind of resets me. Um, Lindsay says, I use essential oils and bubble baths, which is another um, suggestion of a micro self-care activity, hot showers or baths, um, diffusing oils, uh, meditation, exercise, even though I don't always want to because I'm tired, I still try to exercise because it's one of the most efficient ways to move emotions out of our body. Um, good sleep, eating well, making sure you're eating. I know when we're busy, we don't take the time to eat very often. So just like our children, we use the HALT method, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. We do it as adults too. Am I hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? If I'm hungry, you can bitch bottom dollar. I'm gonna be cranky. I know that and I'll have anxiety. I know that. So I have to make sure that I'm eating. I'm eating frequently and I'm eating food that's sustaining me. Um, using a type of music, art or sports on a daily basis. Are you listening to music? Do you like to sing in the shower? Um, do you like to just sing in your car? Do you like to drive around and just listen to podcasts or music in your car? I like to listen to murder. Not real murder. Um, I like to listen to true crime podcasts as part of my micro self-care activities. Um, and then incorporating nature and spirituality. Is that something that you do? Okay. Um, so macro are the big activities. This is the stuff you hear when you're going on vacations, you're taking time off. Those don't necessarily seem, um, those don't necessarily seem indulgent or luxurious um, and self-care really shouldn't be. So vacations, time off, spa days, childcare, if you can. I know that childcare is a luxury that not everybody has the ability to afford. Um, so for me, I am very specific about our childcare budget. And so when I can put extra time in the budget for an hour or two, um, that is a macro self-care activity for me because it macro means it takes more time, more money, more resources, and they're not usually part of our daily routine. Lindsay also said she likes all the true crime and finding shows to binge on Netflix, which is also um, one of my things. And if you haven't yet, you should watch Cruel Summer on Hulu. Thank me later, send me an email. Okay, so that's my first tool, is recognizing where are you at? And if you'd like a self-care assessment, just to kind of break down the different areas of self-care or things that you can do to incorporate it, shoot me an email and I can make sure you get that resource um, for free, totally free. Um, but I think that is something that we don't necessarily pay attention to, specifically the micro self-care activities. So even if one of my micro self-care activities is making a dinner that even if the kids, I know the kids aren't going to eat, it's something that I really want to eat and I really enjoy eating because I find joy in food. Um, so for me, sometimes that's a micro self-care. 
Okay, so the next thing I wanna talk about is beginning our work on perception. Um, okay, we're good on time. So perception of not being a, a good parent. So there's something in the therapy world called a good enough parent. Um, and the principle of the good enough parent sounds off-putting, but basically it's explaining um, a degree of attunement. And so to be able to attune to our children and our spouse, our partner is to be able to be aware of and meet the needs of our kids, right? So whether that's um, like soothing, comfort, safety, food, love, we're aware that they need something and we can meet those needs. That's the, abil the ability to attune. Okay. And attunement is very important in the parent-child relationship. It's one of the things that will help you create a healthy attachment and a healthy relationship, um, a foundation that you're going to want later in life when they're teens. Okay, so here's what I have to tell you. No parent, no parent is ever 100% attuned to their children. None. What does that mean? So the concept of the good enough parent came from studies completed on attunement, where they saw that most parents that had a good relationship with their children, a healthy attachment, a healthy attunement, were only attuned to their children 30% of the time. That doesn't mean you're ignoring your kids um, or you're not meeting their needs when they're hungry. So what that means is to be attuned means to have your unconditional focus, attention, awareness. That's impossible to do 100% of the time. Impossible. So 30% of that time. So sometimes our kids are crying. I don't know if you're like me, you could say no. My God, Paige, no one's like that. But I have become so accustomed to my children fighting and crying that it takes a minute for me to actually hear it when it's happening. So I'm not attuned to my kid when they first start crying. It takes a good 10, 15, 20 seconds. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? Is everything okay? It's just something that I'm used to hearing at this point. And so um, I wasn't attuned 100%. So I wasn't attuned 100% that day. But it's not that I didn't ever attune. Um, when we're doing household stuff like cleaning, but our kids are asking for us to play with them, to read them books, to pay attention, um, or we're doing the dishes, or we're doing our own work. Um, it takes us a minute to tune in and attune to our kids. So what's important isn't that you're 100% attuned to your kid. It's that when you need to be attuned, you have the ability to attune and repair the rupture. So when we don't, like when I don't hear my kids crying immediately or respond to meet that need immediately, there's a rupture in our relationship. It's naturally occurring. I didn't cause it to happen in any malicious way. I'm not a bad parent. It happens naturally. And so as I attune to my kiddo, I meet their need. Hey, what's going on? What happened? Oh, it looks like you're feeling really sad and that hurt really badly. How can I help you feel better? right? That's the repair. So I've repaired the rupture and I've attuned. So I, I don't know if you need permission. I need permission. So I will write myself a permission slip to be a good enough parent, which means attuning 30% of the time and being willing to repair. So 
when my kids are at max capacity and I lose my cool and I yell, I have ruptured that relationship. And this is something that I'll talk a little bit more about on my Instagram later in June, but I have ruptured the relationship. It's not the rupture that makes the impact, it's the repair. Do you go and repair? If you do, then you're golden. Go and repair, right? Okay, so this is me giving you permission to be a good enough parent and realizing that honestly, 30%. You don't have to be there 100%, giving them 100% of your attention 100% of the time and ignore everything else in your life but you can attune when you need to and you repair those ruptures. So good enough parent. Okay, so this last part is gonna be a little bit of work. Um, and if you've been around my Instagram for a minute, you know that I do affirmations on Mondays, sometimes Tuesdays, but on Mondays to set an intention for the week. I do this for a very specific purpose. CBT, perception. Okay, so parental fatigue is caused by the perception of what we're doing is not enough. The perception of who we are is not who we want to be as a parent. The perception of what we're completing in the house isn't what we want to be completing in the house. So I'm going to teach you a technique that I use with every single client that I work with. Every client that I work with in parent education gets this tool. So you'll need a piece of paper and you'll need a pencil or a pen, whatever. Type it in your phone. You'll need something to write stuff down. Okay, so we know that parental fatigue and burnout happens because the perception of, of what we are doing isn't enough, or the perception of what our children and family house need far outweighs our ability and resources, time, energy to even meet that need. So what does that mean? It means we have expectations for ourselves as parents, as house managers, as partners that are unrealistic. My kid, I was breaking into my bedroom right now, into my office. Uh oh, can you give it to Danny, please? Yeah. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay. So, what I want you to do, and this is why I do affirmations, because our brain, and I'll talk about this again in a minute, our brain needs goals, and they need our brain needs clear goals to understand where we're going and actionable steps. So, I want you to write down the type of parent that you want to be this week or that it's important for you to be. For me, it's important to me to be a patient, present parent. I want to be patient with my children. I want to be present when we have time together. So I'll give you a second to go ahead and write that. This is how we create my affirmations and intentions with my parents and clients. Write down the parent you want to be. What kind of parent do you want to be? Okay, step two of this process. Uh, step one, write down the parent you want to be this week. It doesn't have to be in general in life. It needs to be this week. 
um, or even coming. today. Um, yes, you can come in, but I'm in a meeting, okay? Thank you. Um, so even for today, this, these can be a daily goal, hope, aspiration, oh, intention. I'm okay. Oh. So step two, we're going to create a plan because our brain needs clear goals. We need something to be able to check off. We need something to be able to follow. Our brain needs clear goals. So um, think about it this way. How am I going to be this parent? What can I do? So how can I be a patient present parent? So for me personally, um, Lisa, mama. Um, I'm in a meeting, sweetie. That's not bad news. Here. You're welcome. Will you go sit down, please? So write down the parent you want to be. Create a plan, a clear goal. So we're going to think about one intentional activity you can do that at the end of the day, you can be like, I was a patient prison parent because I did X, Y, Z. Right? So for me, I set a no phone zone um, after I get off work until my kids go to bed because I found that I'm not very attuned to my kids when I get off work. I really wanna zone out and like scroll on my phone um, and lay on the couch and do nothing because I'm tired from work. But I want to be a patient present parent. That is what I want. I want them to have my time during those hours. Um, so I picked that intentional activity, a no phone zone, so I'm not shitting on myself. I should, after they go to bed, I should have spent that time with them. I should have listened more. I should have done this. Okay, so I wrote it down. I am going to be a patient, present parent by setting a no phone zone between 5 p.m. and 8 p.m. So I'm not shitting on myself when the kids go to bed. So go ahead and pick one intentional activity that you can do today that will help you be the parent you want to be. Okay, and step three is at the end of the day, I'm going to review and reassess was this realistic? Did it work for me? Did it work for my family? And did it help me be the parent that I want to be? If it did those things, then awesome. Maybe I'll keep using it. And I will, and that's how I'll set my intention for the next day. So my intention is I will be a patient present parent. And I know how I will I will meet that intention, right? Um, if it didn't work, it's not realistic, the timing wasn't right. Um, it didn't help you be the parent that you wanted to be, reassess if it was too difficult, reassess, change it, adapt it. We're changing our perception and our expectations. And just like parental fatigue Mom, sets in back gradually. Just as parental fatigue um, sets in gradually, the mindset shift happens gradually. So as you take it one intention and perception at a time, 
It will change the way you view yourself as a parent. It will change the expectations you have for yourself as a parent. And as a result, you will have higher parental satisfaction. And because of that, because you have higher parental satisfaction, you will feel more resilient and happier and be able to enjoy parenthood. Okay. So with that, either shoot me an email or type in the chat box, what, what was or what is your intentional activity that will help you be the parent you want to be? So please, I would love to hear it. I would love to be on this journey with you. So shoot me an email if you get the recording and let me know what what type of parent do you want to be? What um, is your intentional activity that's going to help you get there that you can rate yourself against and reassess to feel successful? Um, Lindsay, a no phone zone during scheduled times and one family activity per weekend. I love it. Okay. So now I'm going to go ahead and end our recording and um, answer any questions. If you are getting the recording later, feel free to email me or shoot me a DM, get me on Facebook, whatever way to ask any questions and I'd be happy to help you all. Hey, it's Paige. If you or someone you know is looking for therapeutic services, I'm accepting new clients in Idaho over telehealth or in person. So go ahead and check me out at www.parentingwithpage.com, skim my bio, and contact me via the contact form. Talk to you soon. Thanks for coming to Mindful as a Mother podcast. If you'd like more of us and Mindful as a Mother, you can find Paige at Instagram at Parenting with Paige and Lindsay at Linz underscore Adams LCSW. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, and in our Facebook group, creating community and smashing parental stigma, embracing mindful motherhood and positive parenting. Thanks so much and see you next time.